What is up, what is up, and welcome back to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we talk blood sport and we drink beer. I'm your host, Matt, and as always, we got MMA to talk, we got BKFC, PFL, UFC fights to preview, the whole nine yards, lots gone on this past weekend that wasn't UFC, we got a lot of UFC news to cover, and then we're going to kick things off by uh, breaking down this next weekend's UFC card, but first, as always, we're drinking beer on this episode. Today, I'm drinking uh, Sierra Nevada Sunny Little Thing. It's a citrus wheat ale. It's got a real bright, like, orangey-yellow color. We'll try this motherfucker out, give it a score, and then we'll jump right into the uh, MMA world. That's pretty good. Goes down real smooth. Not a ton of flavor on it. Um, yeah, not a ton of flavor on it. Not really. I get a little bit of citrus, but something I would definitely sip on just to uh, just casually drink, I guess, but. I give it a 5.7 just because there's not a ton of flavor in it. A little disappointing. A little disappointed in that one. But like I said, we'll go ahead and kick things off. We're going to break down the UFC fight card. Uh, fight night, Kevin Holland versus Steven Wonderboy Thompson. We'll break down those fights first, what we got to look forward to. And then after that, we're going to recap uh, the PFL 2023 championships and some DKFC fights as well. But this fight night... This card's absolutely stacked. Great way to start to wrap things up for the end of the year. Not the last card of the year, but one of them. And it, it's going to be a super awesome card. Um, the prelims are going to be fun. Some legends of the sport are going to be featured. But it kicks things off with Yasmin. I want to say it's Yergui. Yergui. She's taking it on Estella. God. Estella Venice. Um, and then we have Marcelo Rojas. He's taking on undefeated Francis Marshall at six and zero. Nathan Levy or Natan Levy. He's taking on Gennaro Valdez. And then Tracy Cortez versus Amanda Rebus. Um, two, uh, they're contenders in their division. I believe it's one twenty-five. Not quite there yet, but that'll be a fun one. And then we have Jonathan Pierce. This dude's an up-and-comer. He's on a four-fight win streak, and he's got three finishes. In those four fights, um, he's taking on Darren the Damage Elkins. Um, dude's a beast. He, name suits him well. He takes a lot of damage. He gets cut up in a lot of his fights, but he's super fun to watch. And then after that, it's going to be Michael Johnson, one of the most weird situations in UFC history as far as his skill set. You know, he's been there, done that. He's knocked out the best, and he's been knocked out by some people that are not the best. He just it depends what Michael Johnson shows up is he could be a contender one night and he could be a fucking bum the next. It's so odd to watch him fight, but he's taking on Mark Diakis and that should be a fun striking battle. But Diakis he has improved his wrestling a lot, so we could see him take him down and kind of smother Johnson because we've seen that from Johnson before, where he just gets taken down and beat on the ground. And then after that fight, we got Clay Guida. Been in the UFC forever. High motor. Dude's just always going after it. Win or lose. Always in fun fights. 
He's taking on another UFC vet in Scott Holtzman. And then to uh, wrap things up on the prelims, we have Angela Hill, Angela Overkill Hill versus Emily Dukok. And then um, Nico Price, he's making his return. Super fun fighter to watch. He's taking on Phil Rowe. That's going to be a striking battle, I'm sure. Um, Nico Price, he always brings the action, dude. He can take a punch and he can dish one out for sure. So that's going to be a fun prelim. But the main card is what's really stacked on this. We kick things off with Kyle Dawkins versus Eric Anders. Um, they're both really well-rounded fighters. Both based in wrestling, I want to say, but they both have really good striking. Anders has really been able to utilize his athletic ability. He's got a real good jab now. He's He used to just be a wrestler, it seemed like, and now he comes in and he's really just a total mixed martial artist. And Kyle Dawkins, he's a beast wrestler. He has real good jujitsu, gets a lot of submissions, it seems like. And he can hold his own on the feet as well. Um, they're both in kind of a lull where they're win one, lose one, win one, lose one, it seems. That's going to be a fun fight, I'm sure. Um, and then the next fight we have, it was supposed to be Jack Hermanson versus Derek Brunson. But just a few days ago, Derek Brunson had to pull out of the fight because of an injury. They haven't disclosed what that injury is yet. But he had to pull out, so... They already had a guy in mind to back this fight up to make sure this card stays as stacked as it is. It's going to be Jack Hermanson taking on Roman Delize, who's coming off a pretty sick knockout just in the past month, I want to say. He's 11-1, and I'm pretty sure. Hermanson, a vet, dude's a great wrestler, great jiu-jitsu, and his striking starting to come along nice. Um, it, it's definitely going to be a fun fight. I don't know how it's going to turn out. Delize is super athletic. Both have really good wrestling really good jiu-jitsu, so that might neutralize itself, and we might just see a striking affair, and who's going to find the range, who's going to land that big shot, but I don't know, it's going to be a fun one, I think, it sucks Derek Brunson's out of it, because that would have really set the card over the top, but Roman Delize, he's no scrub, and he puts on some fun fights, another fight that's going to be super fun, though, Matt Schnell is taking on Matthew, Matthews Nicolau, um, Matt Schnell, He's a fucking warrior. Dude can take a shot. Um, I forget the guy he fought earlier this year, but he put on the comeback of the year. He was getting his ass beat. Looked like he was about knocked out many times. And uh, he ended up coming back, dropping the guy, knocked him out in the end. It was a round two knockout, I want to say, after getting obliterated for the first two and a half, or first round and a half. So he's a fucking warrior. And Matthews Nicolau, He's, I want to say, the number five ranked, uh, number five ranked flyweight in the world right now, and he's a beast too. He's got really good kickboxing, real good at using kicks to find his range and keep it there. But he's also a BJJ specialist. Dude's a beast on the ground. People don't want to go there much with him, but he's he's a beast there. It's the thing is with Nicolau, I haven't really seen him be tested or have to go through the war that I think Schnell will put him in. Schnell's a huge underdog in this fight, and I'm not saying that Schnell's going to win, but if you're picking an underdog on the card, I'd pick I'd pick Schnell because dude goes out there to get it, and his pressure, his just warrior mentality, it might fluster Nicolau. He might get that upset there. He's plus 220, so I mean the money the money you're getting back is good. A dollar for 220. All right, and then. I'm sure this is going to be the fight of the night or knockout of the night, one or the other. We got Tai Tuivasa 
Ty Bam Bam Tuivasa, the shoey machine. He's taking on Sergei Pavlovic. Um, you know, Tuivasa, if you don't know about him, you should. Guy's a fucking beast. He knocked out Derek Lewis, Greg Hardy, and a ton of other people on his way to the top of the heavyweight division. Um, he just had a... It was supposed to be five rounds, ended up only going three or four against Cyril Gaon, where he almost knocked Cyril Gaon out, who's one of the best heavyweights in the world. Cyril ended up coming back and really putting it on Ty, getting the finish. But Ty, man, dude, he's got a fucking chin on him. He ate some massive body shots in that fight, just heat kicks up the middle nonstop, and still swinging. Just face shots don't even phase him. He does not give a fuck. Dude's there to bang. On the other side, though, we have a huge opponent in Sergei Pavlovic. Dude looks like Ivan Drago out of Rocky. No shit. Dude's just fucking jacked. He's on like a four-fight knockout streak. He's a beast as well. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to put out Bam Bam, and Bam Bam only needs that one shot. Ty Tuivasa is the man. And I think Ty's coming in as the underdog. Pavlovic, you know, real real precise boxing, good, good kicks, but... It's just I think this fight's gonna be a one round war where we just see who's gonna land who's gonna land that big shot. I think it'll be Ty because he can do it from the outside. He can do it with elbows and close. It's gonna be a fucking battle though. It'll be definitely a fun one to watch. And then we have Rafael Dos Anjos. He's taking on Brian Barbarena. Let me make sure that fight's still going on actually because uh, I was looking at something today. I didn't notice that on there. But if that does happen, big step up in competition for Barbarina. Um, you know, he recently took out Robbie Lawler in a big comeback in his last fight. He's just, he's got real good boxing pressure, just nonstop throwing. Even if they're just pitter-patter shots, he's finding you. And then once he finds you and he starts finding you a little bit more, he starts putting the power in, and he'll put you out that way. And dude's a fucking warrior, got a chin on him, got cardio for days. He, he's a fucking warrior. With Rafael Dos Anjos, though, RDA, man, he's fought the best of the best. He's beat some of the best of the best. He's a former UFC lightweight champion, and I think he had the welterweight interim title, but I'm not positive on that one. Dude's great everywhere, great striking. He has great wrestling, great jiu-jitsu, defensive wrestling, offensive. You name it, he can do it. He's just He's a beast everywhere you go. It's going to be a tough test for Brian Barberena, but every fight this dude has seems like it's a tough test. He just he fights the who's who's. He's he don't give a fuck like Bam Bam. He just don't give a fuck, and that's what's going to make this card so great. Is you got so many people that just go out there to bang. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. I think I cannot wait for this card. I mean, we had a week off from UFC after the pay per view last, but. It can't come soon enough. Holland versus Thompson. This card needs to hurry up and fucking get here. This is next, this upcoming Saturday, December 3rd. Shit won't load to find out if uh, that fight got canceled or not. But if it didn't, whew, this card, man. But we'll go ahead and uh, jump into the main event then while I uh, look into that. Kevin Holland versus Stephen Thompson. Two fun, fun strikers. Kevin Holland definitely has the advantage on the ground with his jiu-jitsu, but he says he does not want to take it there. He wants to strike with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who's one of the best strikers in the welterweight division history, honestly. He's a 
started off as a point fighter in karate, so he's real good at just shooting shots out there and touching you, but he puts a little bit of power in it. He's got great kicks. He can throw question marks. He'll throw low calf kicks. He'll, I mean, the kick just comes up so fluidly, like a axe on a pendulum string. I mean, he's just, he's a fucking brilliant striker. On the other hand, though, Kevin Holland, he's got super, super crisp strikes. Just his one-two down the middle. They're super fast. He's real good at finding you with them. He, he's got a lot of power, too. I mean, he's put some people out, quite a few people. In 2020, he went on an absolute tear, five-fight win streak that year. Then he took a step up in competition. So it did, uh, you know, Marvin Vittori, Derek Brunson, they defeated him, and it kind of threw him off. He's coming off the loss to Kevin Holland or to Kamzat Shemaev, but that fight was last second. He wasn't preparing for that, so you can't knock him for it. Kamzat's an absolute killer. But Steven Thompson versus Kevin Holland, I don't know who the fuck's going to win this fight, but it's going to be a fun one, I'm telling you. But that's all we have for that card. Um, before we jump into the PFL recap from these championships fights that just recently happened, for me it was yesterday, might be watching a couple days from now, though. But we have some uh, news from around the MMA, just combat sports community. Um, so recently, just the other day, it was announced John Jones' next fight is going to be against Francis Ngannou for the heavyweight title at some time in March. If Francis Ngannou isn't ready, isn't able to come back from his surgery by then, then they're going to have John Jones take on Curtis Blades. So they're saying his fight is definitely happening in March. No more waiting around. We've been waiting for like three years for John Jones. So we're ready to see him back, see what he can do at heavyweight. And, uh, you know, Ngannou's got that X factor, hits like a fucking Ford Explorer. Um, Curtis Blades, an exact opposite version of that fighter. Great wrestler. He's got great striking as well, but it's. It, Everything's so much fucking different at heavyweight. They hit harder. They're a lot heavier. To, they hold you down. John Jones, he's the GOAT, though. So we'll have to see what happens there. I can't wait no matter who he fights. I just want to see him back. And then other exciting shit that's going on. Um, you know, the Ukraine war with Russia. A lot, of, uh, a lot of MMA, boxing champions, they went over and they're fighting for their country. One of those fighters was Yaroslav Amosov. And... Uh, He's making his comeback. He was supposed to fight earlier this year, but that war happened. So there was an interim title fight, and Logan Storley, he stepped up. He won the belt, and they're going to be fighting interim champion Logan Storley's taking on champion Yaroslav Amosov for the Bellator welterweight championship at Bellator 291. I want to say that's in February, and Amosov, he said while he was over there at the war, he took his belt with him. It survived bombings, buildings crashing on him, everything. That belt's been through it. So I hope he shows up with just a absolutely war-torn belt. That would be fucking sweet. Sean O'Malley, though, he said that the UFC confirmed to him that his next fight is going to be for the title against Aljamain Sterling. So um, number one contender, he beat Piotr Jan, and they're confirming he is, he is fighting for the title next. But he doesn't think that's the money fight. He wants to fight Cejudo. But I, I think I think this is the money fight for Sean because that puts him at – he can pick anybody he wants to fight after that, probably Cheeto Vera if he can take out Aljamain Sterling. And then uh, we also had a few other fights announced. 
We had Dylan Dennis, former MMA prospect, uh, now just a social media and real life troll. He's going to be fighting YouTuber turned boxer KSI on January, I want to say 14th, in a boxing match. Um, Dylan Dennis was a jiu-jitsu specialist, but they got into a little altercation over the couple weeks ago, I want to say, where Dylan Dennis dumped a beer on KSI or someone from his crew did. Uh, there were some punches thrown, and then a actual boxer ran into Dylan Dennis out in the parking lot. Dylan Dennis got punched in the face, went back a bunch of feet. He's just, he's a fucking bum, but it's one of those YouTube fighters. KSI, he's he's one of the better ones. He's a good boxer, but just, I don't, I don't really give a shit about it. I'm just here to fill you in on that. And then other fights that are announced that are a little more exciting, a little more what I care about. Um, UFC announced Gilbert Burns' next fight. He's taking on Neil Magny, and that's going to be at, UFC 283 in January, so that'll be a fun fight. Magny called him out after his last win. He said he wants to fight the best grappler in the division in Gilbert Burns. Burns has been shooting a little higher, looking for Masvidal, looking for other fighters, looking for the rematch with Hamzat, but in the end, he took the fight against uh, against Neil Magny, and I believe that's going to be happening in Brazil, so big home field advantage for Gilbert Burns, but if Neil Magny can go in and get the win in the in Enemy territory, more power to him. That's a hell of a hell of a challenge because Burns really packs a punch and has some amazing jujitsu. All right, and then finally for MMA news, we had a uh, we had UFC announce a fight for December seventeenth, their last card of the year. It's going to be Bobby Green. He's taking on Drew Dober. I believe this fight was supposed to happen earlier this year, but Bobby Green had an issue where he uh, tested positive for a banned substance. He didn't know he was taking. He said, I believe it. Seems like a stand-up guy. Great fighter. Super fun to watch. Drew Dober also brings the action. So we'll break down that fight when we get closer, but I'm sure it's going to be a fun one. Ah, But as I was saying, with the... Uh, oh... Sorry, I have one more piece of news, big news, I should say. Um, UFC 282. It was supposed to be Glover Teixeira taking on Yuri Prohaska for the second time for the light heavyweight belt. Unfortunately, Yuri Prohaska suffered a shoulder injury, so he's out of the fight. He says he's going to be out for at least six months. They said it's a really bad one. So instead of having Glover fight someone else for the interim title in the meantime, Yuri vacates it completely. He doesn't want to hold things up. He's a samurai, uh, Barishita code or whatever they, Barishita code, whatever they do. He doesn't want to hold the division up, so he's letting other people fight for the undisputed strap while he's gone. Um, Glover Teixeira is not going to be fighting for that though. It's actually going to be Magomed Ankalaev versus Jan Blahovich for the uh, for the undisputed light heavyweight title, which they were the co-main event and they were fighting for the number one contender spot so it only makes sense it just sucks for Glover he's the odd man out um but yeah it's gonna be it's still gonna be fun they're both really good strikers I think it's just gonna be which one of those big men lands the big shot at the right time all right but now we're gonna jump into PFL um professional fighters league if you don't know I'll uh, educate you real quick this promotion is different than all of their promotions in the way that they're uh, set up and how they operate. 
instead of just uh, fighting and being ranked based off of a bunch of writers and people in the organization saying who's the best and who should fight next, what the PFL does is they have a regular season where the fighters fight and they can earn points. The point system is three points for a win, then you get bonus points. Three points for a first round finish, two for a second, one for a third. So at the end of the season, which is usually two fights per fighter, um, the four fighters with the highest points are seeded based on their points. They go into a playoff. They uh, four versus one, two versus three. They fight, and then what we had this past weekend was the championship of the result of the playoffs. So we had six fights, and they're all for a million dollars. Super entertaining system. I love the way they set it up. It's just you don't have anything like it out there. But they they did uh, they did a pay per view this time. It was fifty dollars to watch their card. Their first time doing a pay per view. Um, I don't know what the numbers were like. They haven't been released yet, but it was it was definitely a fun card. Honestly, the prelims we started off. We had Muhammad Ali's grandson, um, Biagio Ali Walsh. He got a forty five second knockdown. Had an absolutely beautiful boxing combination where he just pieced his opponent up in round one. Um, so that was a big win for him on the PFL stage. And then in the next uh, fight, we had Natan Schultz. He took on Jeremy Lilheathen Stevens, former UFC fighter. Um, and at the end of round one, Natan Schultz was just absolutely dominating him on the ground, really threatening submissions. Jeremy Stevens got up and started swinging on him at the end of round one, but round two starts out, and uh, it's Natan Schultz taking him to the ground and just doing too much work. He gets the head and arm triangle to get the finish. Sucks to see. Little Heathen Stevens wants to stand up and bang. He doesn't want to fight that ground game. He's too old for that. So I wanted to see him just in an absolute war because he does put put out. But Natan Schultz, he wanted to get the win. So he gets that. Congrats to him. It was just a prelim fight. And then in another fight with a former UFC fighter, we had Marlon Marias. He took on Shaman Marias. And he was looking phenomenal, Marlon was, in the first two rounds, just piecing him up. Everything he was throwing was landing, it seemed like. And then in round three, Shaman Marias, he gets the huge knockdown. And then uh, it was like a hook and then a straight right. And then he finished him off with ground and pound. It was a big comeback, honestly, because he was getting his ass beat. But if you watched Marlon Marias towards the end of his UFC run, he was on a four-fight KO streak where he was losing. This puts him to five. He's lost five fights in a row by KO. He had retired from the UFC, actually. He came back for the PFL. Um, I don't know if it was for the money or what, but it didn't turn out too well for him. He's still getting knocked out. It's just the, the chin's not there anymore, it doesn't seem. All right, and then on the main card, we kick things off. A performance by Wiz Khalifa. Um, you know, who doesn't fucking love the Wiz? But after that performance, we had... The light heavyweight championship bout to start off the main card. Rob Wilkinson versus Amari Akhmadov. And these two showed the fuck out. They came out round one just swinging. Wilkinson's really catching Akhmadov. Just, and Akhmadov's throwing back. He's catching Wilkinson. Wilkinson's got his chin high. So, you know, a bit of worry for uh, Wilkinson's side. He's getting caught a little bit, but he's catching Amari Akhmadov way more. Fight's going on. Uh, Rob Wilkerson, Wilkinson really cuts up Amari Akhmadov, puts a nasty cut over his eye. It's actually on his forehead, like above his nose, but blood's seeping down all over his face. 
We go into round two. Wilkinson picks up right where he left off. He's really just fucking Akhmedov up on the feet at this point. Just every time he's throwing, Akhmedov kind of has to shell up a little bit. He, he'll start throwing back, but he wasn't landing much. Um, the fight gets to end, gets to round two, or gets to the end of round two with Wilkinson just laying on the pressure. A huge combination before the end of the round. And then as the bell rings, lands a knee straight to the head of Omari Akhmedov. The doctors come in after round two and um, they stop the fight. Akhmedov's cuts too bad. He was fucked up from that knee that Wilkinson landed. So Rob Wilkinson was the 205-pound PFL champion, the first champion of the season, and he wins $1 million. Uh, so the first PFL champion from Australia as well. Ready? Another one. <laughs> After that fight, we had a. It wasn't quite as eventful. We had Sabadu Sai taking on Danilo or Delano Taylor. Uh, you could tell Taylor was trying to push the action, still staying cautious though, because Sabadu Sai, he's a world champion in kickboxing. He's been there. Um, but Sabadu Sai, he just. The whole fight, he was just kicking and moving and kicking and moving. And Delano Taylor couldn't find his timing, couldn't find his range. It went to decision. Sabadu Sai gets it by unanimous. Um, not a real entertaining fight. Neither guy was in major damage or major danger the whole time. So, I mean, you don't want to see people take damage, but that's what we tune in for is for gladiator fights. Let's be honest. And then after that fight, we had, um, the lightweight champ. Oh, well, Sabadu Sai, he got the unanimous decision victory. $1 million for the welterweight title. Uh, yeah. Yeah. After that, we had Olivia Aubin Mercier. OAM, he took on Stevie Ray for the lightweight title, and this fight was a lot more entertaining. Both guys were really cracking each other in round one, it seemed. Um, OAM was finding a lot of success on the feet with low kicks, um, and he was knocking him down with low kicks as well. The calf. Uh, Stevie Ray got a takedown in round two, though, after another knockdown with kicks. But he gets the takedown, he takes his back, and was really threatening submissions. But then when they stand up, OAM goes right back to work, starts catching him, lands a beautiful hook, just out of nowhere it seemed, a million-dollar hook because it puts Stevie Ray out on his back, gets the million dollars. He's a, and you know, Rob Wilkinson and OAM, they're both former UFC fighters, and they both won a million dollars. So OAM gets the knockout, and he's the PFL champion, one million dollars. After that fight, we took a break from uh, championship fights just for one. We had Aspen Ladd, another former UFC fighter. She took on Julia Budd, former B former Bellator champion, and she got the split decision victory in a not super eventful fight. We drink beer. What do you expect? All right. And then in the heavyweight championship, we had Matthews Scheffel. He took on Ante Delia for the, like I said, heavyweight championship. Last year, Delia was the runner-up. He lost to Bruno Capeloza. Um, this year, these guys, they Delia really came out swinging. Scheffel was landing some shots as well, um, but Delia was the one that was landing the ones that really hurt Scheffel. Um, in round one, he got him bad, finishes him up against the cage, 
gets the knockdown, the ref steps in, waves it off. TKO victory and $1 million for Ante Delia. And then in the co-main event, this fight was pretty fun, honestly. Um, it was kind of one-sided based on the scoring, but both guys were in danger at different points in the fight. We have Bubba Jenkins taking on Brendan Lofnane. Brendan Lofnane was a Dana White contender series fighter. He won his fight, but he didn't get a contract because he shot a takedown in the third round and he didn't go for the finish. And that's what they're looking for in that show. But in the first two rounds, Lofnane's really just tearing up Bubba Jenkins' leg. Bubba cracks Lofnane quite a few times, fucks his nose up. It looks like it's broken, but um, Lofnane keeps the pressure on. He keeps working that leg. Bubba's, you know, he, he he's a wrestling-based fighter, but he's a he's a total mixed martial artist. Got good stand-up, so that front leg's gone. He knows he can't really wrestle him. His shots aren't doing what they need to, so he stri tries striking, and he's really catching Lofnane by round three. But um, Lofnane was getting the better in round three as well. Round four comes out, Lofnane hurts Bubba with a straight right down the middle, and then uh, Bubba kind of missteps, falls, tries to retreat towards the cage. Lofnane pours on the shots, just pressuring him as Bubba's trying to get up, lands a knee, uh, ref steps in, waves it off. Brennan Lofnane, $1 million. I think he was the runner-up last year as well. So $1 million and the featherweight champ of PFL. Running through these because I know... Not a lot of you guys know who these people are, but I'm telling you, this this system they have there, it's amazing. It really is. All right, and in the main event, we had Kayla Harrison, undefeated, 15-0 in the PFL and in her MMA career. She took on someone that she's beaten two times prior to this fight, Larissa, Pache Larissa Pacheco. And um, round one comes out, Kayla Harrison dominates. She gets her to the ground and doing a little bit of ground and pound, but just a lot of uh, a lot of control time for her, really. Pacheco is doing a good job of defending the takedown a little bit, but she got caught with that judo trip. trip judo trip, man. So Kayla Harrison takes round one. Round two, Pacheco comes out. She's really defending the takedown this time. She's not going down. She's landing some good shots on Harrison, really just piecing her up a little bit. Pacheco takes round two. It's the first round in their uh, three fights now that she took from her. And then round three, Kayla, another round where she gets ground control. Pacheco was threatening submissions, though. She had Kayla in a triangle for a long time. Kayla showed her high fight IQ, and she... Uh, she was able to stay alive in the triangle position. She kept her arm on the outside because in a triangle, if you're like this, you're fucked because they just choke you. They push your arm up against that carotid artery against your neck. You're fucked. But if you keep your arm on the outside, it's just kind of a squeeze. It's not really choking you. So Kayla Harrison stays alive, and Pacheco's throwing shots from the bottom, but Harrison wins the round with uh, ground and pound also. Round four, Kayla gets a few takedowns, but Pacheco really shoots back up pretty quick. Um, Pacheco takes her back for a moment, and she's doing some damage there. Off of her back, though, she was, again, throwing a lot of strikes. She she was just the first person Kayla Harrison had to work to win the fight against. 
And in round five, Pacheco was cracking Harrison. Harrison was shooting for, seemed like desperate, desperate takedowns. And she actually gets one, but Pacheco is throwing from the bottom. She ends up, uh, let me see here. Yeah, she, yeah, she just, Pacheco, warrior spirit, man. She was throwing heavy shots from the bottom. And even when Kayla Harrison was on top, she's throwing a little bit, but you can tell she's gassed. Pacheco is just like, I want that million fucking dollars, dude. And she fucking got it. She got the three to two victory. That's how I had it scored as well for Pacheco. Rounds two, four, and five all going to her. All three judges had it that way. She's the first person to defeat Kayla Harrison. Kayla Harrison was super cocky coming in and really all season. She's the princess of MMA or the queen of MMA or something. Undefeated, the goat, the best there is. She got defeated. Huge upset. This is actually the biggest upset, I think, in major MMA history. Bigger than Holly Holm knocking out uh, Ronda Rousey back in the day. So, huge upset. L- Larissa, her, Alyssa, Larissa Pacheco, $1 million, and the women's lightweight champion of PFL. It was a, It was a fun fucking card, dude. You had six five-round fights. They didn't all go the distance. $50 is a high ticket, but if they can build up, get a few more names over there, a few more names to make it to the finals, especially. I mean, this model works. I love I love the season-based model that they have going on there. And then we'll wrap things up with BKFC. Um, firstly, before well, this happened in Newcastle, in England, before we get into the fights, though, I do want to say I really don't like that BKFC put a heavyweight featured fight as the main event and then had a title fight as the co-main. I think if you have a title fight in any major organization, MMA, boxing, and it's a major title fight, that should be the main event. That should be your draw. That should be the featured fight. They didn't do that, but we're not going to harp on it. It was just weird. That's a weird thing to do. But anyways, the card started off, um, the main card, I should say. The prelims were fun, but we're, we don't got time for all that. Main card started off, Nathan Owens versus David Round. And um, the first two rounds were super, super fun, I thought. David Round was being super aggressive in uh, round one, it seemed, and at the start of round two. But Nathan Owens, you can tell he's got a lot of boxing experience. He... He was fighting with his lead hand down, just using his head movement to stay out of the way of punches, popping his jab real stiff, real fast. And David David Round, he was jumping in, landing some nice shots at the beginning. But, um, yeah, it ended up going to decision. Nathan Owens got it. After, rounds, after round two, it got a little less eventful. Both guys were kind of gassed. Another fight that was fucking sweet. They had uh, Lee Brown taking on Billy Hawthorne. Billy Hawthorne was a huge under or a huge favorite. He was, you know, Brown was three to one underdog. It was Brown's BKFC debut. Billy Hawthorne had been knocking people out, but you look at the stature of these men. Billy Hawthorne, he does not look like he works out. Does not look like he uh, does not look like a fighter just on the physical aspect. Um, whereas Lee Brown, he's much taller. He looks like a boxer. He's just He's really built and looks like a looks like a fighter. Billy Hawthorne didn't. 
I mean, a huge beer gut on the guy. And you go out there, round one starts off. Lee Brown's just connecting with straight shots. One, two, one, two. It's three knockdowns in the first round off straight right hands. Billy Hawthorne, he didn't look too rattled or anything, but wasn't wasn't landing anything, man. Just not a close round. And then round two, we go back out there. Brown gets another knockdown with a straight right hand. Hawthorne get or yeah, Hawthorne gets back up, but Brown puts him right back down with the straight right hand. After the fifth after the fifth knockdown of the fight, the referee waves the fight off, says no more. That's just enough. Getting fucked up, dude. So the three to one underdog takes it, Lee Brown. And then we had John Ferguson. He uh, took on Thomas Scott Jr. in a less eventful fight than the previous two. Um, but John Ferguson, it was his BKFC debut, and he wins the fight by unanimous decision. And then in the title fight that should have been the main event, like I said, not going to harp on it, but should have been the main event. Anthony Holmes took on Darren Hendry um, for the 205-pound cruiserweight title. And the first three rounds were pretty uneventful, to be honest. They were both kind of feeling each other out. Seemed like they didn't want to get hit by the other. Both dudes probably hit really fucking hard. Bare knuckle, 205 pounds. That's some big shots. Anyways, round four, we come out. And Holmes lands a straight right. Right on the fucking nose of Hendry. Breaks his nose. You can see he just... He's holding his nose. He's fucked up. He stands up before the count of 10. Ref says, you want to continue? He goes right back down before the ref can even finish. Do you want to continue? Nose is broken. Ref waves it, waves it off. TKO victory for Darren Hendry. He's uh, he's the new cruiserweight champion of the, PF, or of the BKFC. And then in the main event, we had Mike Terrell. He took on Steve the Panda Banks. Heavyweight bout. And this fight started off fun. Both dudes were swinging in the first round, but it was Terrell who was landing some heavy combos, really fucking Steve Banks up. He had his face just a bloody mess by the end of round one. His cut men, they do a good job of fixing them up between rounds, but in round two they go back out there and Terrell just busts him wide open. His eye looks like he got shot by a red paintball. Um, so bleeding all over the place, getting fucked up. Got knocked, got... Uh, Terrell scored a knockdown on Steve Banks at one point just by pressuring him, landing some big hooks. Terrell had or, uh, Banks turned around, so they called it a knockdown. And then uh, end of round two, face was so much worse than the end of round one. And the uh, doctor stepped in. He called the fight, said Banks can't continue. Too much blood, too much gore. It was an awesome fight, though. Mick Terrell did some serious damage, and it wasn't going good for Steve Banks. It didn't look like he was going to be coming back in that one. So, all in all, we had some great fights this weekend. PFL, BKFC, none of the major organizations going on, but like I said, that's that's not all you look for in these things. I appreciate you tuning in, by the way. This has been Matt with Blood and Beer, and like I said, I appreciate you.